Hello and welcome to a very special episode of You've Got Mail where I might cry. No, I can't cry. I've told myself I'm not allowed to cry. I'm not going to cry. But I'm so happy and I'm so excited to share this with you. I'm literally so... Oh, guys. I got the job. I got my dream job and I'm just so happy. And I feel like I'm going to cry and I don't want to cry. Because I, I've realised I'm quite a dramatic person. It's probably why the podcast does all right. Because I'm just dramatic on here, on my own. But, oh, I'm so happy. I'll take you through the process. So, for the past three for the past month or so I've been applying for this like quite good job it's a big job it's one of the major consultants I just went to eat my donut and I shouldn't have done that I'm not meant to be eating right now I'm meant to be talking I started a donut before I was recording that was a very very bad idea but I've never had a custard donut before and honestly 10 out of 10 I would always normally go for a jam but I think a custard one is underappreciated or I'd go for one with icing on but I think mmm Never tried a custard one before and it's ticking every single box. But this was a sidetrack moment. I just had to pause and eat the donut because it's just going to be staring at me otherwise. But the past three weeks, four weeks, a month, I want to say, whilst I was finishing all of my final assignments, I started applying for this job and it was a really good job, but there was a lot of stages to the application process. So first I've had to do CV and cover letter, pretty standard. And then I had to do, um, not CV, and then I had to do like a written assessment and I had to do a proofreading assessment. And then if I got through to the next stage, I had to do a presentation, a technical interview, a strategic interview, and then a head of department interview. And then if I got through to that, then I may be offered the job. And it was really, really intensive and I really, really wanted it. And then yesterday I was in a different assessment day and halfway through the day, I like, like at the end of the day, sorry, like I got a missed call. I was like, oh my God, maybe it's them. And I've spent the last three weeks being really anxious about this, guys, because it's like, it was one of those jobs that I, I don't want to get emotional. I don't know why I'm getting emotional about this, but I just feel really like, like everything I've worked so hard to come together for, like it's worked. It was one of those moments, no, sorry, I'm getting distracted. I've just have so many things to tell you all. But I was halfway through the assessment day and it was just one of those jobs that I just really, really wanted. It was one of those ones where when I saw everyone was applying for it, internally but we obviously didn't say this to people I was like no one's gonna get it because they're really like it's quite a well-paid one it's a very competitive like agency like you're not like that's not what like we're I'm not at that stage yet like I'm not gonna get into that and I just applied on a whim because everyone was like oh we're all applying and I was like meh I'll apply I won't get it but I'll apply and then I got in through to the first round but I didn't want to say anything on here because I started do you remember when I applied for that other job? And I got really excited about it. I basically told you all I had got it before I even got the first interview. And I don't know why. It just felt a bit like disappointing then telling everyone that I hadn't got it. And so this time I was like, right, I'm not going to jinx myself. I'm not going to tell many people about... Uh, lol, I literally told everyone apart from the podcast. My only secret was from you guys. But that was also because I was like, I don't want the employer to listen and think I'm like, definitely think I've got it or something like that. And so I didn't tell anyone and then last week I had the big interview I got through all of the stages and I had the big big interview and as I said it went really well and I was really really happy with it and it just it was just one of those interviews where I was in it and I was like I really want this and I didn't realize how much I wanted it until I was in there until I was faced with I did I knew I wanted it but when I was actually in the room with the people who I'd be working with and I was like this is what I want to do like this this is what I want to do 
this is where I can see my career starting. And then to get called yesterday and it's like all of these things I've been doing since A-levels, GCSEs, I've always been thinking about, okay, it's to get a good job. There's so many things. I think I was talking about this with my therapist today. Oh, yeah. Started therapy again. Best decision I've ever made. I'm going to do an entire podcast on it. Um, But yeah, really good. Doing it with the uni. Would definitely recommend if you guys are at university and you feel like you want a bit of like extra support with your mental health. Um, Would definitely, definitely recommend looking into that and seeing whether there's anything that you can access. But I was talking about it with my therapist and we were just saying how everything that I have done has been working towards this end goal. Like, I have always been a very long-term thinker. I don't know if that's always a good thing. I'm not saying, I'm not advocating for it. I think sometimes I definitely wish I was more spontaneous and I didn't always think of, like, worst-case scenario or things like that. I didn't... I'm just going to need to move. Sorry, guys. Um, I wish I didn't always think like that. But I do always think like that, which meant, like, even when I was 16, I did some volunteering for Duke of Edinburgh and I did it for a year extra. I was like, it will look good on my CV. It will look great on my CV. And then when I was in sixth form, I did so many different volunteering things. And I've consistently done different volunteering roles throughout, like, university. And creating You've Got Mail. And I just feel like I've put so much effort. Like, I've really tried. I've really, 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 really tried to put myself in the best possible position. This Masters has been the hardest... You guys know. It's been the hardest thing I've ever done. The actual, genuinely hardest thing I've ever done. It's been... Really intense... And at points I was like, is this, I really hope this is worthwhile. Because so many people told me it wouldn't be. So many people told me not to do it because you don't always need it to get the job that you want. So many people told me to just carry on with what I was doing, to carry on with the Sainsbury's job, which would have been incredible and such a great opportunity. And I'm so glad that I did that internship, but my heart wasn't in it and I didn't want to do that. And then finally yesterday when I called them, they're like, we're delighted to have offered you the job. I just had this moment where I was like, everything's come together like I've worked really hard for this like guys I've worked so hard and the hard work's finally paid off and like the office is 10 minutes from my house it's it's literally means I can stay in London they have an office in Manchester so I can go and see my boyfriend like they have an office in Singapore so I can oh my god there's going to be international travel I'm genuinely, I feel elated. I think that's the only word I can use to describe it. I feel quite emotional. And I think, oh, it's just been, it's been a really hard two weeks. And for it to all have ended up being worthwhile feels really, like I'm so glad I put so much effort into it. Because that's why I don't really have much life updates for the past two weeks. It's because it's been, it's been intense but I do have some things that I've been doing, so I will move more onto that, less, let, less me recounting my absolute... Oh, God, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. And and on the same day we hit 50,000 listens on the podcast, I was just crying. I was just crying. I was just having a day where I was like, this is the best day of my life. This is the best day of my life. I don't think any day will ever top this, ever. Like, I was so happy that I don't think you guys understand how happy I was. It it was, it was a great day. But I have done other things this week, I promise. It hasn't just been jobs, jobs, jobs. I have been focusing on my job, but no, other things have happened, which I'm really excited. So as I said, I went to Manchester last week and I think I'd already, re- yeah, I'd already recorded the podcast before I went. So I arrived and we went for some drinks and made such a nice dinner. 
And then on the Saturday, we went to a friend's and we had like a barbecue outside and it all just felt very summery. It just felt very like, mm, and it's made me think a lot more about potentially moving to Manchester. I don't think, not now, and like no time soon, but I think as the next city I go to, I can see myself there. I love the people. It's so much cheaper than London. I really like the fact that you can walk from one place to another. London is great, but it's huge. And I find that hard sometimes. I find it hard that even if my friends live in London, I never get to see them because they're so far away. And so I find that tricky. And that's something I really like about Manchester. I love the shops. I love all of the pubs. Like the Northern Quarter is one of my favourite places in the entire world. And so I can definitely see myself there, and especially like with my boyfriend there and all of my friends are ending up moving there. So we might be moving back up north, but before then I'm definitely going to do some picnics and stuff down here. So don't worry about that. But we did the barbecue on the Saturday and then the Sunday. I was so hungover. I was so hungover because I haven't really been drinking, she says. I went to a festival the weekend before. I have been drinking. Um, but I woke up and I think I was still drunk because I went into mini Tesco's and I spent, drum roll please, £25 on breakfast food. Sorry, who do I think I am? I don't have £25 to spend on breakfast food. Got Louis Bacon, got be. I spent £2.50 on a tin of beans. What was I thinking? Got Lucasade, I got orange juice, I, I got everything. I got taste of the difference bread. I don't know who I would think I was, but that, no, no, bad idea. But anyway, recovered from the hangover. And then Monday, no, then Sunday, we went out for the, we went for like a massive walk. And this is where it all went downhill. We went for like a fifth, I keep adding more kilometres on. I think it was 10 kilometres. And I told my family it was 13 kilometres. And now I'm telling you it was 15 kilometres. It was 13 kilometres. No, it was 10. We went for a 10 kilometre walk. Really lovely. It was blazing sunshine. We went to the shop. We got a picnic. It was really cute. Um, but I did wear a bit of sun cream, but not load. But I didn't burn, but I didn't wear a hat. And then the next day I felt so sick, like sicky, like nauseous. And I went to the library to do work because my boyfriend had to like, he's setting up the stages at Park Life. So he's like setting up that festival, which is really cool. Um, so I went to the library to go and do work. And as soon as I got in there, I felt really sick. I was like, oh no, and I don't normally feel sick. It's like, have I picked up a bug? Is it food poisoning? Like, is everything okay? Oh God. And then all of a sudden was going to be sick sick so I had to be sick in the toilet in the library in Manchester and it was just a low point it was just such a low point and then I went and got my film developed and it was the cutest roll of a film like my cameras worked so well especially considering I dropped it and broke it but then on the walk I sat on it and fixed it like it's still broken but there was a little gap of light that was letting light in and ruining my photos and now that's closed because I heard a click and I'm pretty pleased about that. I can't lie. Like, that's worked out very, very nicely. And then I got my pictures developed, hobbled home. And then I just, I knew I was sick because I just lay in bed for two hours starfishing. And I was having like really weird thoughts about like really weird dreams. Like, I remember one of my dreams was about like Play Doh going through a Play Doh like mold, like a sausage mold press type thing. You know, when you like shove it all in, it comes shooting out and it's like a shape. It was one of those, and I was imagining, like, and it was, like, Play-Doh going through. And then I dreamt that me and my boyfriend had the same dream. And I woke up, and I was like, oh, I can't believe that happened. That was such a weird dream that we both had. And fully forgot that, like, that was in my dream. Like, you know, when you're having dreams within dreams, it was just a really weird, like, really weird. But 
I have now nearly finished Firefly Lane, which I will talk about in the new things I've done this week. But guys, I love that show. I actually really love that show. Like, quite an embarrassing amount. I'm really invested in it. Although I think I've just predicted the last plot twist. And I'm really hoping I'm right, because if I'm not going to lie, if I'm wrong, I'm going to be really pissed off. Like, really pissed off. Because if I think what... If the, what they're hinting at comes true, I'm just going to give up on TV series for the rest of my life. Because there's no need for them to do that. There is no need for them to do that. And then, finally, on Tuesday... Oh, no, I stayed on Tuesday, managed to do some uni work then. And then on Wednesday, I came home and I surprised everyone. And this is the thing. I didn't want to tell you all that I was coming home. Because my sister listens to the podcast and I'm surprising her for her birthday and so it's like this big secret surprise thing about what we're doing but it's been so lovely and my dad cried so emotional so lovely obviously dramatic flair runs in the family but it's been lovely to be home it's been really nice a really nice break and also to find out the news that I got the job with my family like they were just so happy for me and so excited and I was like this has worked out really really well and I think that's why I want to do this week's podcast on nostalgia because I'm feeling pretty nostalgic. Every time I come back into this room at home, I'm like, so much of my life has happened here. This is where I find out I got into LSHDN. This is where I find out I got my job. This is where I found out I got my like first class degree. It's where I found out that I got into the internship program. It's where I got my results from my GCSEs. It's all of these massive life things have happened in this room. And... It's got me feeling a bit nostalgic about how many time is passing and also excited for the future to come. Because as I said, summer has always been my growth period and I can feel this being the exact same. But anyway, onto the content part of this week's podcast. And if you don't already subscribe to the podcast, then what are you doing? Basically, please subscribe because I'm about 200 followers away from hitting 4,000 followers and then I'm going to do a giveaway. I don't know what of yet. I don't really know what to include in the giveaway, but I'm going to do one. Not too sure what yet, but it's going to happen. So anyway, on to the content part of this week's podcast. So as I said, this week we're talking about nostalgia. We're talking about wishing for a time that's gone and kind of reflecting on everything that has passed. Definitely feels like quite a monumental moment in my life at the moment. Like I feel like I'm definitely going into a big transition, like through a big transition and... (laughs) Not to be cringe, but every single TikTok video that I get is like, you are about to enter this new whole solar life universe time of your life. Everything is about to change. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, I'll accept it. And it just feels like it is. It feels like there's a big amount of change coming my way and I'm excited for it. But it's also making me look back and feel nostalgia for the things around me. Like I look at how much, I think when I'm walking around Scarborough and... Which is where I live, which is like my home. I I think about the different versions of me that have been there. I've been in my Joni Mitchell phase, like I can't lie. Like I have been being like a little pretending I'm in music videos all the time. And I was walking back from the hairdressers just now and I was thinking about all of the versions of me that have walked that walk. Like it's a pretty like it's a walk I do all the time. It's like along the seafront and it's next to the gardens, and I look down into the gardens and like Within the gardens is the path that I cut my hand on. I like, I still have the scar. And I walked along that bench the first night after I met my boyfriend that I'm with now. Like, that was three years ago. And I look down on the beach and I see the spot where I first met him. And 
I just think about how much of my life is here and how much has changed and how much I've changed and how proud I am to be growing into the person I am today. Like I went into Sainsbury's and like saw all of my old colleagues and she just like, one of the ladies was older than me and she just looked at me, she was like, you look like a woman now. Like you look so much older, you've really grown into yourself. And I was like, "Mm, stop, you're gonna make me cry. Because I just feel like everything is, everything is changing, but in a good way. I feel like I'm becoming more mature and it's a thing that I haven't felt for a long time. I've always felt like I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what it was going to turn out like. I never knew what everything was going to turn out like. And even though I think it always looks like I've had a plan, I have never had a plan, ever. I've just been like, okay, we'll just look at the next step. And I think that's a reason why I'm happy with the choices that I've made is because I've never focused so much on the end result, more on like, am I happy with this decision long-term in the sense of a year, but not long-term in the sense of the next 50, you know? I don't think you can pick any decision and know that you're going to love it in 10 years, but you can kind of gauge whether you're going to love it in a year, whether you right now is going to want to do it. And I think that's what's really helped me recently in making these bigger decisions, is looking back at the decisions I have made and thinking about whether I whether I would want to do this in a year, would I want to do this in six months, would I be content doing that? And I think that's made me make decisions that I am been ultimately happy with but then it's moments like this when I do come home when I look at like the same view that I looked at when I was doing my A-levels and my GCSEs and my final year of uni and I think about in every stage of my life I felt so old I felt so old I felt so grown up and so mature and I felt like I knew everything and I felt like I had to know everything I felt like there was this pressure that I had to know where I was going and what I was doing and I had to get to that end goal doing my A-levels and thinking about the end career, like, God, everything's changed so much since then. But also everything hasn't, which is also interesting. The career type that I wanted hasn't really strayed that far. I wanted to work in medical communications and now I'm working for a medical communications consultancy. Like, it is very, very similar, but it's interesting how you think you know, you think you know so much. When I was 16, I thought I was on top of the world. I thought I was the most grown-up person in the entire world. I thought I knew everything. Even at university in third year, I was like, I'm not going to feel more mature than this. Like, this is, I can do everything now. And then the last year, it's taught me that I'm never going to be, I'm never going to be the most mature version of myself. There is always more learning and growing that you can do that you don't realise until you start to do it, until you start putting in the work. But I just look at my younger self and I look at the photos around my room and I feel a bit emotional about it because I just think you have worked so hard all of your life and it it worked. Like, I wish I could go back and hold her hand and be like, wipe those tears because you don't need to worry. You are a good person and good things happen to good people and it's all going to be okay. And I can't go back and tell the younger me that, but I can tell you that. I can tell you that it is all going to be okay. And I know you don't know it feels like it right now. And I know it doesn't feel always like you have a plan. You don't know where you're going and you don't know how it's all going to work out. But it is going to be okay. It always works out. That's the thing I think I've realised. It does always work out. Even if you don't imagine it is working out, it works out in the end. Like me joining Sainsbury's, it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do, but it was a job. But it worked out because I got my internship from it. And from that internship, that helped me get the job I'm in today. Everything you do works out and it'll always be useful in some different scenario. 
And I just wish I could tell younger me that. I wish I could make myself realise that you don't need to worry as much. You really don't need to worry as much. And I think it's also given me an insight every time I come back to thinking about the nostalgia of my younger self, of realising how carefree I was, but I wasn't at the same time. In a strange sense, I almost feel more carefree now than I did when I was younger, because I think so much is uncertain when you're young. You don't know how things are going to work out. You don't know where things are going to go. You don't know how you're going to do everything. And also you still have so many expectations placed on you. But now I'm 22 and I'm thinking about my life and I'm thinking about what I want to do and I'm realising I can really do anything I want to. I can do anything I want to do. The world is really, really my oyster. And that's a really exciting feeling. It's a feeling of feeling ready, ready for that next space, ready to kind of move into the next chapter. And it's taken time and it's taken, I've been very anxious this year. This year has like really pushed me out of my comfort zone and therapy is not fun. Therapy is hard. And I think that's been a thing that I'm really like finding very useful because it's giving me so much more clarity on different things and it's making me feel more comfortable talking about my emotions. And that's definitely played a part, even though I haven't had it for long, it's definitely played a part. But I think I'm realizing more and more how when we grow up, you're not an adult. You're never going to feel like an adult. You might feel like you have your shit together, but you're never going to feel like a grown-up. No one ever feels like a grown-up. Maybe when you're really old and you're looking around you and you're realising that you are older than everyone else there, now you realise you are a grown-up. But I think it's not the feeling of maturity that I find. It's the feeling of, like, I know what I'm doing. I have a purpose. I have a plan. And I think that's what's really important because... So many people say how important it is to find a purpose. But once you find that purpose, once you find that plan, you feel like you're driving yourself forward. You feel like you are going somewhere. You feel like you know where you're going. And I think this is why it's so important to have a kind of passion project or a plan of what you might want to do. And this is the thing. You don't have to stick with it. I think so much of my anxiety stemmed from thinking I had to pick the exact perfect job straight away. Like, I think that's so much of why, even in this job search time, I've been like, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? Because I used to think that I had to pick the exact perfect thing. That the thing I picked had to suit me, like, perfectly. But it doesn't. You can try as many things as you want to try before you work out what your plan is. Like, look at me, I did the internship, software engineering, tried tech, realised that I do enjoy tech, but I want to be in healthcare. Like, I'm not... I found out that healthcare is the area that I wanted to be into. And I think sometimes it's really important to take a step away because when you take a step away, you value, you miss things. Like I had never taken a step away from science since like GCSEs. And then all of a sudden I was forced to take, not like forced, but I had an opportunity to step away from it and an opportunity to try a new career path. And I tried it and I realised, you know what? No, Like, I actually do really like healthcare. I really like science. I definitely want to be in this. And I think it definitely enforced that and made me feel then better going into the career that I'm going into now because I just feel kind of like that bit more confident that I'm making the right decision, a bit more certain that what I'm doing is the right direction to go in. But sometimes when I'm home, like, I do find myself craving that kind of the past, those past summers Like, I find myself craving those summers where so much didn't matter, where I wasn't really thinking past September. But then I also remember during those summers an anxiety about the summer because I always knew that in September I had to have a kind of plan, that September something big was coming and I didn't know what. 
And it's interesting because when you research nostalgia, experts did consider that nostalgia was a health condition at one point. It was first used to describe the feelings felt by, um, I think it was like Swiss, uh, like army people, naval people, soldiers, Swiss soldiers, when they were fighting for the first time away from home. Those symptoms that they felt, the homesickness, the like anxiety, the uncomfortable feelings that they were having, it was first used to describe that. And like later it's become something that's not so much viewed as a, like, mental health condition but more as a symptom of a kind of I think it's a symptom of growing up I think it's a symptom of change because I think the grass is only greener when you have something to compare it to and now we all have more and more things to compare it to even against each other beforehand you could only really compare against the like your initial social circle because you didn't realize what everyone was going on what everyone else was happening in their lives you had no idea but now I think it's changing because of social media. You can compare it to everyone around you. And that means that this nostalgia for this time gone by also means that you kind of, you you keep that alive because of like your Instagram feed, blah, 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 blah. Like I was talking to my boyfriend the other week. He was like, oh, I've just spent like an hour looking through our old Bali photos and looking through our Instagrams. And I was like, yeah, like this is how technology has changed things in a great way because I think having photos and being able to look back on things is something that's really like, it's something that I'm really glad I've started doing again. I stopped taking film photos for a while because they're just really expensive and it's really expensive to get them developed. But then I realised you're really paying for like the capturing of memories, you know, as cringe as it sounds. It's a really nice thing to be able to look back on. And I haven't done it for a while and starting to do it again was I was like, no, you know what? This was a really good decision. This is a really, really good decision because they're just really lovely to look through and really lovely to have. But as I said, the danger in that is it can leave you craving the past. And I think I wonder if that's because of the sense of control that it gives you. Because when you look at the past, you know the outcomes, you know what's going to happen, you know how it all works. You were comfortable and ultimately change happened because you weren't comfortable anymore. No. Or maybe you weren't comfortable with being comfortable. Change has to happen. Change always has to happen. And it is scary. Like, starting new jobs is scary. Moving cities is scary. But when I look at the things I'm most nostalgic for, I'm nostalgic because my life is so different right now. And I think this is how you can continue to be nostalgic. Because so many people, as you get older, are just nostalgic for a specific point of their lives. But I don't want it to be like that. I don't want it to be like that for us. I want us to have it so we're really loving every single age. I don't like it how everyone, when I went to university, was like, these are the best years of your life. The best years, okay? This is it. Almost indicating that it was downhill from here. And when I look back at my university years, I don't think they were the best years of my life, you know? I hate to, not just like people going to university, like, you're going to have a great time. But I was still a child when I went to university. I was not mature or old or kind of ready to process it all yet and it's taken me probably now like I feel like I'm entering the best years of my life now because I feel the best version of myself and when I look back at those times I don't I feel nostalgic in a sense but not that nostalgic because I definitely feel like I like the way that I'm growing I like the way that I'm changing and I think that's a really important thing that I want to carry on doing I don't just want to be stagnant I don't just want to feel like okay we're in the job now and blah 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 that was, that's why it was really important for me to find a career that I could grow in, a career where I felt like I was building myself up and up and up and up and up. Because I think that's another thing. You only get nostalgic for the past when you get complacent with the present. Mm, maybe that's not true. But I think it definitely, they're linked for me. I start being more nostalgic and craving the past when my 
like present is just a bit naff, like is just a bit of nothing. When I felt like when I was working at Sainsbury's stacking shelves, nothing on the job. It was just quite monotonous and like similar type of work day in, day out. And I was like, what I would do to be at university again, what I would do. But now it's summer and I'm like, no, you know what? I don't think I would do that anymore. And I think this is why it's so important to make sure that you try out so many different things. I think the way you ward off nostalgia is just creating a really exciting present for yourself and making sure that you're building up and up and up. This isn't to say it's not okay to like take a step back, take a bit of a break, work out, reevaluate where you want to go, that type of thing. Because like I know sometimes you're doing one thing and you have to take a step back because it's not really what you want to do and you have to go live at home again. Like I had to go live at home again for a bit because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I'm not saying that. But even by doing that, you're still moving forward because you're reevaluating everything that you want to do. And I think that's really important because by constantly reevaluating where you want to go, you work out how this is going to work for you. You work out whether you want to do this in your life. You work out what you want to do in your life. And I think this is where nostalgia it's good, but it, it you should always have in your head the recognition that the present is better. When I come home and, again, I look around my room and all my bags are on my wall and I have my little boat from Venice and all of these little things that make my, made up my room in Leeds and made up my room at home and make up my room in London, I think about how much I've grown and I think that's the thing that I try and take away from it because nostalgia can make you feel really sad. It can make you feel really kind of anxious and overwhelmed. And this is used to be the thing that drove me. So much recently I've realised how much my anxiety of change and my fear of change kind of pushed forward everything I was doing. And recently I'm really trying to battle that as I'm realising that change is inevitable. Change is happening, change is coming regardless of what we do. And so... It's more important to just celebrate it and be excited about it because you can't control the outcome, but you can control your emotions going into a situation. And often how you're feeling about something can really dominate how the experience tends to go for you. I think it's interesting how much your emotions can entirely change a day, you know? And this is entirely unrelated, but I woke up this morning and I was like, I don't feel like I'm in a great mood. I don't feel in a good mood today. I don't know what it is, but I just feel in a bit of like a shitty mood. But I'm not going to let it ruin the day because I'm only at home for a couple of days. I don't want it to ruin it. And doing things that make me realise that my emotions are able to be felt, but they don't need to control my day is important. And I think that's the same kind of with nostalgia. I think nostalgia, in a sense, is an emotion. Well, it's not an emotion, but it's a craving. It's a craving for a time where maybe you had less responsibilities, less control, more control, maybe even less control. It's a craving for a time when your life was different. But I think it's really exciting that your life is different. It's really exciting when I look around. I'm like, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm doing all of those things I've really wanted to do. I'm finally making it. And I'm really, really proud of myself for doing that. But anyway, on to the question parts for this week's podcast. So onto the question parts for this week's podcast. And the first question is, what is the worst date that you've ever been on? Okay, confession. I actually haven't been on that many dates, really, at all. I feel like I've been in relationships for, like, I kind of like, I'm not really counting any relationships before I was 16, because I like, I'm not gonna lie, they don't really count, do they? Do they? 
Like, no. So I'm not counting any of those. And then I got into, like, a big relationship when I was 16. And we were together for four years. Um, And then we broke up. And then literally, the first night out that I went on, the first night out that I went on, I met my boyfriend. And we've been together since then. Like, me and my boyfriend are still together now. But, like, that was the first night out that I went on. I met him. And, like, we didn't get together straight away. We got together, like, maybe three months later. But I wasn't really seeing anyone else. So I feel like it's always been something that I'm like, is it bad that I haven't dated? But then also I was like, what am I missing out on? Like, I don't... I still get to meet new people. I still get to, like, that type of thing. And also I'm really happy, so I don't I don't want to date people. But it is an experience that I feel like I don't have much tips for. But I think my biggest... Oh, wait, you didn't really ask for dating advice. But anyway, my biggest dating advice is... Fake it till you make it. I just pretend to be really confident. And I also just ask loads of questions. And I think maybe that's not the best advice. But people love talking about themselves. And that's how, I, in every social situation, if I remember feeling, like, nervous or needing to make conversation or anything like that, the biggest thing, I just make people talk about themselves. And then you don't have to worry about it. And you realise that people really like talking about themselves anyway. Anyway, look, I have a podcast. I'm Proof is in the pudding. Okay, let me go onto Instagram and see the questions from there. Photos. Sorry, guys. I should have done this beforehand. Okay. Longest time you've ever gone without showering. I am a bit of a clean germaphobe, I can't lie. Probably Creamfields. Probably Creamfields, because that was like four days, and that was disgusting. But I hate it. Like, I hate not showering. I hate not feeling, like, clean and nice. Like, I can't go to sleep if I don't feel nice but I always have a shower in the morning sometimes I have a shower in the morning and in the evening but I feel like that's probably bad for my skin but you know sometimes I just feel like it's just a nicer sleep I feel just better when I go to sleep after a shower okay next one what was the best day of the year so far (laughs) the day I got my first job in the sense of like it was one of those where I was literally skipping around the house I was like this is, I'm going to cry again, I don't know why I feel so happy and emotional, but I just feel really like, oh my god, I've done it, like, it's June, and I'm sorted for September, which is actually kind of closer now, when I first started the application process, like, it was May, so it's still pretty early, and I think just for it to be sorted, just to know that I'm going to be able to afford London, like, that is a massive weight off my shoulders, because I was really worried about the money situation side of it, I didn't really know how it was all going to work and it's all just worked out brilliantly because now me and Louis can go to like Vietnam, which I'm not sure I've spoken about yet, but it's exciting. I'm not going to go to Colombia anymore. I think I'm going to go to Vietnam instead Um, just because as much as the work trip and everything would be really brilliant, I can't really afford it Um, and I really, really want to go on holiday so I'm thinking maybe Vietnam. But I need to find cheap flights and this is the issue at the moment. I wish I could do a You've Got Mail trip. Maybe once we've got a bit bigger. Because I've seen people run those types of trips and I think we'd have such a great time. Um, but I need to find out how you do it. And I also need to find out like how many people need to agree to it. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, next one. You should get a tattoo. I know. I really want to get one, but I'm really indecisive. I feel like a You've Got Mail thing would be really cute. Like once we hit 100,000 followers on TikTok, then I think I'd get it. But I don't know what I'd get. Because I think a little letterbox would be maybe like a bit cringe. Like, would I hate that? Probably. I would hate that. I wanted like a flower on the back of my arm. Um, 
but I don't want to get that anymore. So I don't know. I really don't know. I just, I need something. Yeah, I, I just don't know what I want. I want something meaningful and cute and just nice and something that I'm going to love forever. But I also need to stop thinking so deeply about it because that's what's put me off getting it. I think when I definitely finish my master's, I will get it then. Maybe my first paycheck, I'll get a tattoo. I have this thing where each big life experience, I treat myself to like a nice bag. And they're not like crazy expensive. Like I haven't spent loads and loads and loads of money. I've just got really good deals. And so like I've got my one from graduation, my one for my like first, like when I worked in the Sainsbury's job, I was like, this is my first proper job. I'm going to buy myself a nice bag for the first one. And then I won't be able to do this before I get my first paycheck, but my first paycheck, I'm going to do the same again. And it's just like a nice, it's a really nice way of like collecting nice things. I feel like it's meaning that I'm starting to like, because I don't spend more like, I've spent like a hundred pounds, you know, like I just get good deals on them. It's nothing like I'm not going out and spending like 500 pounds and spending 100, which I probably would spend on like, and no, I wouldn't, it's, it's still expensive. It is still a lot of money. Like I am very aware of that, which is why I can't do it now. But it's also a really nice way for me to look back. Like everyone has different things that they like to have. And I've realized I love handbags. Like I really actually really love them. Hand glass. I love accessories. My boyfriend loves sunglasses, but I am a handbag girl. So that's what I'm kind of saving up for. I don't really know how we got onto this conversation, but here we are. Okay. Let me go on to the next question. Okay. The next question is how to deal with expectations when times are changing. I think the best way that you deal with expectations when times are changing is being quite flexible with your approach and kind of rather than expecting a scenario to go a certain way, you to feel a certain way, kind of taking joy from the initial moment. I feel like that was maybe a confusing way to say, I think you've got to stay very present when times are changing and you can't really have too many expectations. I think the expectations are what can ruin an an experience for yourself because you start to hope it goes a certain way and then it starts going off plan and then you start feeling nervous and anxious and not sure if you're just going right and then you're not sure what to do and it kind of starts snowballing into something that you don't want it to be. And then when you have expectations, you can't see the joy in what is happening. You can't see the joy in what you have created because you're too busy focusing on the things that it's not. And I think that's the danger of expectations is you start comparing it to a ideal that was never really going to happen because for that ideal to happen, you had to imagine it. And so many things had to go into play. Like, it's so easy to imagine a scenario in your head, but the reality isn't always that easy. And I think that's something that's been important for me to realise going into new experiences. But anyway, on to the new things that I've done this week. And if you're not already subscribing to the podcast, follow me on Instagram at You've Got Mail and School Podcast and on TikTok, then please make sure you do because I'm trying to hit... I want to hit 4,000 followers. We've got a long way to go. We're on 3,000 something at the moment. So there's quite, there's, a, there's room for growth and that is what matters. But anyway, on to the new things I've done this week. So I can't lie, my routine has, has gone into the shit this week. It, it's, not been, it's not been the best one, but my confident mindset has been something that I've been really trying to like take into every single thing that I've been doing. Remembering that I am a confident person, that I decide I am a confident person. And you know what? I think it has helped. 
I think it definitely helped when I was in the job interview for the assessment day because I kind of went into it and I was like, I deserve to be here just as much as everyone else deserves to be here. And I did feel less nervous. Like I felt nervous, but I felt less nervous. And I think that was what was an important kind of like transition. I started yesterday. No, when I came home, I've started exercising again and journaling again. And I'm going to start meditating again today because I'm just feeling a bit out of sorts. I feel quite, I feel quite anxious about my dissertation because I don't know where I am meant to be with it, and I feel like I'm behind with it, and blah, 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 blah. But I just need to take a deep breath and realise that it's all going to be fine. Because now I've got the job, so it's an exciting, kind of takes the pressure off a little bit. But realising that it is all going to be fine is important. And I think that's where my new things I've done this week is probably changing my mindset a little bit. I'm trying to take more deep breaths and realising that I need to be calmer. My screen time recently, guys, has been shocking. I think it's because I'm anxious and I'm, you guys know this when I'm anxious I scroll on my phone because I don't want to like feel the emotion I was talking to my therapist about this actually and she was saying how like you don't like feeling the emotion you like stating the emotion but you don't like feeling it and I think that again is linked to me just scrolling mindlessly because I don't want to feel the anxious feeling I don't want to feel what's going on but other new things I've done this week is I've started a new book so I've started the next book from Factfulness um I'm not sure what it's called, but it's by Hans Rosling. And again, it's brilliant. I'm loving it. I really love how it's written and would definitely recommend. As I said, I finished Summer People. It wasn't for me. Mm, it was all right, but it was just a bit, just a bit of an odd, uh, yeah, just, just not a read that I'm, I didn't like the ending of it. I really didn't. But Firefly Lane, oh my God. Oh, so the thing I said at the start, something really annoying that was going to happen. I have now got past that part and the annoying thing that was going to happen hasn't happened but I am concerned as to another plot twist that I didn't expect I am very very concerned but it's going great and I would highly recommend I need someone else to watch it so I can talk about it with them no one I know is watching it and it's making me really sad really really sad other new things I've done this week it's coming home and being outside and I'm trying to just be more present you know it's a it's a goal I think I have every single week. It's a goal where I'm always like, I'm going to be less on my phone and go to bed earlier. But I did get into such a good routine with it. But when I'm in Manchester, not in like surrounded by my own things, I find it really hard to stick to a routine. But now I'm at home, I can be more strict with myself. I've got a new haircut, which I'm not going to lie, I think I might have cut my hair too short, but we move. It is what it is. We've cut it now, so... I'm just going to deal with it. I want to grow it a bit past my shoulders. I think the bob, I do think it's cute, but I guess when I'm in work, it means I can have it down. I wonder if you have to have your hair up at work. I don't know how that works. I'm going to have to buy work clothes. My God, this is so exciting. This is so exciting. But the new things I've done this week has mainly been prepping for that job. I haven't been doing that many new things because I have been quite stressed. There's been a lot of things on my plate. But it's been a good week and I'm so happy with how everything's worked out. And I'm so happy that you're here. I'm honestly really, really grateful that you all listen. It makes my day. It makes my day. It makes me so happy. Thank you for being here and listening. And I hope you're having a lovely, lovely week, whatever you are doing. Make sure you tune in next week and follow me on Instagram and on TikTok at you've got mail underscore pod. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Thank you for listening and I'll speak to you again next week. I love you. Bye.